You know, what kind, you know, God forbid you were to die today, but when, 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 when you pass, what kind of relationships will you leave behind? Wrecked? Or God restored you, healed you, mended you, and all of a sudden you became more Christ-like and you'd establish good uh, company and you hang out with brave men that still go through tests, but they know how to win and then hang around with each other because a one could put a thousand a flight, but I got to have some two or three putting 10,000, 100,000 a flight. What I'm facing right now, I'm hurting, I'm down. Help me, don't judge me. Some people run away from the very help that God has provided for them in the form of company. Most, most, most things you're dealing with right now will be solved in the right community. You are listening to the Harvest Church Podcast. Here at Harvest, we love God, love people, and live with purpose. Our services are on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, let's listen in to a message by Pastor Joe Coyne. Has Jesus changed anybody's life here today? Boy, I tell you what, that's all right. You can clap, thank God. I'm not everything God wants me to be yet, but I thank God He's made progress for many years. And I thank God that we are trying to be more like Jesus every day. Boy, when we act and we yield to God's unconditional love that's been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit, He'll draw people to Jesus. They'll come into your life as a divine connection, a divine setup, so to speak. You never know. Somebody at a restaurant, somebody at Walmart, somebody at, at wherever you, Harris Teeter or Publix. Publix is like a harvest field. <laughs> but be open and aware of your surroundings because God might lead us to somebody. That's their last day on earth. And if they were to die today, where would they go? And I hate to think of the people that I didn't witness to <laughs> that I should have. There's no condemnation here, please. Father, thank you for helping us to live out this life in such a way that you'll draw people to Jesus and we'll have a part to play in just sharing a testimony, inviting to church. Oh, God, we so desperately want others to enjoy what we have. Come on, church. We have so much. We have so much. It's all about Him. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, praise team. And I want to mention real quick, I have it on my heart. There were several kids out today due to weather or whatever. We're going to pray over them next week. Y'all think that's a good idea? Absolutely. So we're going to take time in our service 11 o'clock next week for all you viewing online. Um, and uh, I mean, what, uh, mi uh, middle of March, we get some weather. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're glad to be here this morning worshiping with you here in person, also worshiping with you online. And we're talking about choose community, your life depends on it. Before I get into the message today, um, you know, I don't ask you to do something. My, my wife and I don't ask you to do something we're not doing ourselves. One of the things about this ministry is our mission, if you want to know what it is, is to what? Love God. What else? All right, start again. Love who? Love God. Love people. Then live with purpose. God's purpose for your life. Boy, what a simple equation. 
And the way we go about doing that is we reach. What does that mean? Invite someone. Bring someone. Then we connect. We're going to talk about that today. Choose the right community because your life depends on it. And it really determines which way you'll go. Then grow, what? To your full potential. And we help you with that. Then what else? Serve your way to your destiny. You say, but I don't even know what I can do. Well, volunteer to help with the, uh, our next event, the uh, Spring Fest, right? And uh, you get around people and you're like, wow, this is awesome. I love serving. But I'm going to get back to the first um, part of our vision is to reach. Last year, we really focused on that. But guess what? Last year, we focused on that. And you're supposed to bring that into this year. Now, into addition, we are trying to connect people to the right path. If your life has been changed and somehow you got connected to the right path and you're like, my God, I wish I had done this a long time ago because anybody raise your hand on that? Oh, yes. And that's why it's so, such a blessing for you parents to keep your kids in church and the right community, learning what we wish we had known at that age. But we are um, actually at Cheesecake Factory uh, because our third-year pastor students in, um, at Rama we ministered to out in Oklahoma, uh, about a week ago, uh, they gave us a, a Cheesecake Factory gift card, yeah. And uh, when you go into Cheesecake, you need to go ahead and do intermittent fasting before. And la, 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 la. intermittent fasting. But anyway, it's a blessing. But we, we, we went ahead and we were seated and and just seemed like there was sort of a, a family to the right that just, I mean, we're going to lose. Hey, do you have a good church? They were sort of, they were sort of looking our way because we were uh, just being seated. And it was just a really good, appropriate time. Say, so, hey, guys, hey, do you all happen to have a church you go to, a good church? And they say, wow, this has got to be God because that's what they said. I'm like, all right, we're on to something. <laughs> you know, we're on to something. And, and, and they said, you know, we've been here for quite some time. And we were, when we were back, where are they from, babe? New York or something? Where were they from? Chicago, New York? I don't remember. Anyway, one of those places. And so they moved into this area. And as a matter of fact, um, if Chicago. And if you're here today, uh, I won't single you out. But... Um, end up talking about our church and it's so awesome because you're going to be so welcome here because we have every race and every age and they had a 17 year old I said what's your name and they said we have got to get plugged back in the church so they said wow this is so so good and matter of fact we're, we, we then gave them an invite card and we are enjoying our meal there what did we get big fettuccine alfredo oh my god fettuccine alfredo and something penne orange pesto yeah listen if you ever eat pesto have your friends cover you for your breath <laughs> never refuse a mint all right so no I don't need one yes you do um, I'm trying to be nice so but we're eating and then all of a sudden they're they're talking to us now like yeah, oh yeah says so, excuse me I, I, and, and I was like, sure, we're talking, having a conversation. And so it was wonderful. And the mother was there and, and the whole family. So you know what? 
we do this on a daily basis, a weekly basis. And my heart is that you'll do that too. Uh, my heart is that you'll, you'll see good things that you might be proud to, you know, have people come to your church. I'm not saying pride in a wrong way, but I tell you what, I am so bold in inviting people to Harvest Church because of you, because of the experience. Because when you walk in this church, I've told them, you'll not be, you'll not be able to see a predominant race. Because in Christ, we are on the same level. In Christ, God's our Father. Don't get me started. You know what I'm doing. Grace has no race. So now we're going to connect right back into community because it's part of uh, you men, come on out to brave. That's part of community. It is amazing. You know, like I said, I just don't like groups like that. Yes, you do. You just don't know it. I said, yes, you do. You just don't know it. I don't need to, you know, go somewhere and, and to a men's meeting. Uh, yes, you do. You just don't know it. Ladies, you need to come to Authentic. Yes, you do. Because uh, more happens than you could ever imagine. As a matter of fact, this morning, because you're assembling here, God's helping you. God's going to encourage you. God's going to feed your spirit. Uh, like he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. A lot of times, sometimes we, we can misunderstand our hunger by thinking I'm hungry physically, but God's saying, I want to feed you spiritually, so I quench your thirst and, and, and feed you with the bread of life. I was watching a uh, biography. I like to watch biographies on, um, you know, sports figures and and just to hear their story and, and, and to see their story. And, and it's so sad because some of them still remember the game they lost and said, I just can't get over it today. 60 years later, 50 years later, they are misreading their heart void for Jesus Christ. Because only Jesus can absolutely come on in and help meet that void that you have. You can't meet it any other way. These are championship folks, and still they're just stuck in the past, misreading their hunger. Because you'll, again, you'll always feel hungry, and you always have an aching void that only God can fill. So choose community. Whether you know it or not, your life depends on it. Community can be a society, a social group, social connections of people, and make sure they're the right company influencing you in the right way because your company is influencing you right now you might think you're influencing them in a the right way but if you're hanging around with too many going in the wrong way you can get sucked back in and um you know i meant to ask you this joseph before this service but you know when you when you get born again uh, god calls the church the ecclesia right ecclesia and they're the call we're called out uh, of our old lifestyles and wrong stuff and junk and junk junk, right? And we're called into the assembly and assembling together as Christians, as our new community. And again, we want our family to come along with us. We want our friends to come along with us. But we have to get around good company because uh, many of them won't come. Some will. But someone not following God should not determine whether you do or not. But, but they just, you know, are, oh boy, I, I could really get into this. I'm going to say it again. Someone not doing the will of God does not determine whether you do or not. You know, if, if I can't even say if. I was going to say 
if my wife didn't serve the Lord, that just can't come out of me. That just can't come out of me. But if that, no, they just can't come out of me. So let's use you in this example. So if, if your spouse doesn't want to come to church, that doesn't mean you shouldn't. Because you need to fulfill the will of God yourself. Oh, but I'll pay for it when I get home. So pay for it. Be on your path so you can help someone draw them into their right path. Their anger is resisting what they see God doing in you. I'm not going in that direction just to pacify you. Jesus is Lord, last I checked. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Lord. And whether your spouse, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever, friends come into this ecclesia and fulfills the will of God for their life, I'm going to. And that's a good decision to make. And that would be a decision to make if Jesus is not only your Savior, but He is your Lord. Say that with me. Jesus is my Savior. Come on now. You probably don't want to say this. And Jesus is my Lord. Okay. Choose community. Your life depends on it. Genesis 2.18 says, Now the Lord said, It's not good or beneficial for men or people to be alone. I'll make them a helper, one who balances him. I hear my mom right now. You, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. When I, when I got dedicated to Jesus and I had bad relationships and, and, and stuff of dating, I was like, man, forget about it. I'm going to just go after God all the way. I can't remember if dad said or mom said, but he said, you know, son, you, you need a woman. And that's what dad said. Yeah, yeah, okay, dad said that. I said, dad, that's fine, uh, but they have to be going in my path, my direction. I, I went ahead and separated myself into what I know I have to do, and I need to move forward. And if you're dating someone that doesn't want to come along, or they don't have the proper fruit that you've examined over time, you shouldn't even start dating them until you figured out what the fruit was. You can, you can fake somebody with some fruit for about a week. Then you hang around and all of a sudden, that happens, all of a sudden, blip, blap, blap. Yeah, well, that, that, that means cussing. That means, wow, they just really told off that person. Ooh. Well, guess what? Get married to them now, missionary. And, 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 and watch them, good measure, press down, shaking together, not change. And you say, God, why'd you do this to me? He's saying, no. You always check fruit before you even think about dating. And again, you might have, full circle, you, you might have married somebody. Uh, how many of sometimes you might get what you want and then end up not wanting what you just got? So we better take our time. We, we better see how they... They, you know, they, they act in good times and bad times and all kinds of weather. Help me. Vic knows that one. Why can't we? Some people. What? I'm so sorry. It's not working, Vic. I'm sorry. But that, that was good. I knew you'd know that one. You got to see people in all kinds of weather. Come on, how sanctified are you? You'll find out when you stub your toe in the middle of the night when it's dark. You'll find out how sanctified you are. All right, so Genesis 2.18 says, hey, it's not good for people to be alone. I'm going to give you 
someone that will balance you, a counterpart suitable, complementary to you. And then Hebrews 10.25, and the pastor says, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. This is not the time to pull away and neglect community, as some have formed the habit of. You can get in the habit of coming to church and benefit from it. Then you can get in the habit of not coming to church and face the consequences of going back into stuff that you said you'd never return to. According to Harvard Medical School Publishing article, uh, talks about community or the lack thereof, that loneliness actually stresses the heart and the entire cardiovascular system and may harm you as much as high blood pressure or high cholesterol. Your company, choose the right one. Your life depends on it. What helps the heart and the blood vessels thrive are social connections, social intimacy with the right company, with the love of God that, that, that we operate in one toward another, and with the honor of God. People that just come into the things of God, don't judge them. Remember when you first got saved, what, what were you stuck in? Did someone have patience with you? And if they didn't, turn around and give someone else what you wish you had been given. So, you know, we help people come along also they mature. And, and, you know, the Word of God is a sanctifying element and agent and power that, that you'll just be hearing the Word of God and all of a sudden that'll, that thing that you used to want to do all the time. Now, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. And God's power and His Spirit helps eliminate those things from our life. We need each other. More than we think. As a matter of fact, heart attack survivors who score high on social isolation and stress tests are four times more likely to die within three years than the survivors with less stress and stronger community. That's amazing. The natural side, the spiritual side. We bring them both together because that's what's happening to many people's lives. Good heart, bad company drawn in the wrong ways. If we boil the Christian life down to one word, it would be relationship. Relationships. You know, what kind, you know, God forbid you were to die today, but when, 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 when you pass, what kind of relationships will you leave behind? Wrecked? Or God restored you, healed you, mended you, and all of a sudden you became more Christ-like and you'd establish good company and you hang out with brave men that still go through tests, but they know how to win. And then hang around with each other because a one could put a thousand to flight, but I got to have some two or three putting 10,000, 100,000 to flight. What I'm facing right now, I'm hurting, I'm down. Help me, don't judge me. Some people run away from the very help that God has provided for them in the form of company. Most, most, most things you're dealing with right now will be solved in the right community. It really will. I don't need anybody. Yes, you do. Just don't know it. Well, now you know it. So a relationship with God, obviously, is the first relationship we have. Then also, and a relationship with right and godly people. So well, what about all... Are we supposed to go on all the world and you know go on the, go into all my hang my past hangouts and first of all grow and develop some I mean you invite them try to have influence but you can't have fellowship with them you're not supposed to be fellowshipping with everyone and getting close to them if they're going in the wrong direction 
God's called you out to bring you in. That's insensitive. Well, I mean, I'm sorry about that, but I, I care about you enough to tell you the truth that the company you've chosen is the direction you're going. You're going to go. You hang around with someone's got a, a severe bad temper, you hang around them long enough, you're going to pick it up. Say, I need scripture on that. Oh, don't worry, I got plenty. Got plenty. Matthew 22 says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is equally as important. Love your what? Neighbor. Love people as yourself. Relationships are a high priority with God. The right relationships are a high priority with God, and they should be high priorities to us. What God likes, I like. What God says in His Word governs my life. Jesus is is Lord to the extent you yield to his word. Now, there's going to be some redemption in the end, so just hang in there, all right, just hang in there. But we need to hear this, sometimes even sobered by it. Um, right there, that's a scripture that solidifies why we love God, why we love people, why we live with purpose. Why we reach, why we connect, why we grow, why we serve. Because we're going to reach to places we used to be, and we're going to help them come out and bring them up and be patient with them and, and bring them along. And if they choose to go back, it's like Proverbs said, it's like a dog returning to its vomit. That truly happened to my wife and I, and we had a black lab. And, and, and I tell you what, we were going to take that black lab to a lake and throw out, you know, the bone, all the kind of stuff. And I want to tell you what, his, her, her name was Bo, and she had breakfast like three or four times. That's disgusting. I know, it's disgusting. Did you get that? No, you, anyway, that's a bad, bad, bad picture. So let me look at an example really quickly of good company. Acts 4 talks about this. God used Peter and John to perform a miracle in the name of Jesus, Right? in Acts chapter 4, and instead of being thankful, the religious leaders got upset, and they threatened them, don't, don't, don't use that name of Jesus anymore. Don't teach, don't even speak the name of Jesus. Let's pick it up, Acts chapter 4, verse 8. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit and power, come on. Then Peter filled with the power of the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of the people, members of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish high court, if we are being put on trial today, if we're being interrogated for a good deed we've done to benefit someone that's disabled as to how this man has been restored to health, let me, let me make it clear to you. I didn't do this in my own power. I didn't do this in my own ability. But let it be known to you and clearly understood by all of you and by all the people of Israel that in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, whom you demanded to be crucified by the Romans and whom God raised from the dead, in his name, that is by the authority in his name, and by the power of Jesus Christ, this man stands before you in good health. And I want to say that today. I'm standing before you in good health because in the name of Jesus, himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. He was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of uh, my peace was upon him. With his stripes I'm healed. Thank God for the power and presence and authority we have in the name of Jesus.
Some of you can't control your mind, you think. But no, God says, cast down every imagination. And if you don't remember any scripture, you just take the name and you say, in Jesus' name, get out of here. Thoughts. So, oh my God, he's, he's speaking to his thoughts. Well, if you don't speak to your thoughts, the word of God, they will speak to you. They will hound you. They, they, they will try to dog you. They'll threaten you. Pastor Coyne, you just do that once and everything's okay? No, the word talks about, you know, we got to live this life daily. But thank God we're equipped and we're learning. We can stand against the evil that tries to come against us. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you as in terror. He's not afraid of you. He's afraid of the one that's in you. He's, the one that, he's afraid of the one that, 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 that already spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly. He's afraid of that name. He's afraid. Listen, I've been out there sometimes inviting people. Uh, we had done some uh, street evangelism one time. And I tell you what, if, if, sometimes people were very receptive to the name of Jesus, but sometimes it stirred up stuff in a person. I'm like, whoop, okay, let's, let's go ahead and use some wisdom here, and I'm leaving this place. Because that name is the only name, and receiving him is the only pathway to heaven. This Jesus is the stone which was despised and rejected by you builders but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. And there is salvation in no one else. And there is salvation in no one else. I dare you to find out who you've been listening to besides Jesus as to how you get saved. And let me go ahead. You find that person. Are they alive today? We serve a king of kings and Lord of lords. The one who was, the one who is, the one who's to come. The one who died for our sin, went to the portals of hell. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead because he that knew no sin was made to be my sin so I could become right with God once again. I serve a living Savior. His name is Jesus. No other. Muhammad is not alive. All the other, whatever, whatever. I, 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 you know, no, there's only one way to heaven. You better get that straight. I am absolutely dogmatic on my faith for Jesus. goes on to say in the uh, Amplified that there's salvation no one else and there's no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we, by which we, come on, get loud with me, church, by which we be saved. God has provided the world no alternative for salvation. Hmm. You think I'm not going to speak the name of Jesus? I'm going to speak the name of Jesus. See, God has gifted me to do what I'm doing and it's to attract and help people to come to Jesus. Everyone, everyone has to steward their gift and their talents and their, their strengths. Steward them in such a way that it'll draw people to Jesus, that it'll help people, right? This church will never say never. I will never come before this church to try to get you into a business that would benefit my family. No, that is wrong influence with what God has placed on my life. I don't want God to say, you know what, hold up, because you're, you're now starting to use my anointing for wrong things. 
We have to steward our influence. We have to steward, steward what God has done upon our life. And God has a wonderful plan for your life. And some of y'all want to say, it's time for you to give up. Surrender to him. Acts 4.23, and being let go, they were, guess what? They were called on the carpet for speaking the name of Jesus. And guess where they went? Oh, and being let go, they went to their own company. I wonder if you have a good one. A good one that'll help you in times of trial, times of trouble, times of testing. Oh, man, I love my company. My wife and I love you guys so much. We we love the different, you know, people in our life, in this ministry, and those who surround us, and those also who my wife and I report to. We have a board. We just can't do any old thing. We have pastors over our life, leaders over our lives, and we are so thankful. And we have stewarded that relationship for a good 35 years. Tell that person next to you, you look good for your age. (laughs) The company you keep influences your life, good or bad. I referenced this, but Proverbs 22 says, don't be friends with a hothead. Don't be friends with a hothead. Don't go along with someone who's got a hot temper. This is what the Word says. If you do, you're going to learn his ways. Yeah, it said his, but I want to say all of us. You will learn. No, I'm not putting myself in that group. Forget that. Okay, so you'll learn their ways and you'll set a trap for yourself. Oh, but I, 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 am, I am so done with people that are 57 years old uh, going to that state championship meeting and everybody's just talking about the good old days. But they live there. Their identity's in that. I, I, we won a state championship in, in high school and... and um, but, the whole, you know, most of the team was not going in the right direction, so it's not like I'm going to go and fellowship with them all the time. Wow, okay. So, associate with those with whom you want to become like, and, and not just become like, they should have Christ-filled fruit in their life. You say, man, I, I saw you go through that thing last time I went through that thing, I, I lost my stuff. How many has ever, you better all raise your hand or I'll call you out. How many have ever showed out in front of people? Days of the secret way to get right with God are gone. The way you miss it is the way you need to get it right. Oh my goodness. You mean I need to go apologize? Yeah. They might even not even remember what you did, but for your sake. I didn't say being a Christian would determine that we are perfect right now, but I know one thing. When I step out of the love of God or where I step out of honor or where I step out of, of what else? Uh, the word of God, faith or love. And I hear in my mind, I'm just saying, I'm not hearing voices. I'm just saying this comes to my mind. I believe God wants to call it out. You might say, but I have been the one who has gotten it right all, just about all the time. I'm not going to do it again. But the Bible says be a peacemaker. Pursue peace. 
If someone else is not pursuing peace, you better. All right. This is awesome. Tell the person, man, I can't wait to hear what he's going to say next. Boy, there was hushes. And... Don't be deceived, 1 Corinthians 15 says. Don't be poisoned. Don't be deceived and misled. Evil or bad companionships or communities or association corrupt, ruins, destroys, depraves good manners and morals and character. Another version says, the ISV says, stop being deceived. Wicked friends lead to evil deeds or ends. I don't consider my old friend wicked. Well, you know what? They could get on that level if they try to get you stuck where you were last 50 years, where they are. No, I'm going to progress. I'm going to love God. I'm going to love people. I'm, I'm going to live with purpose, God's purpose for my life. I have a purpose. You have a purpose. There's something you're supposed to fulfill. And again, that's a lot of where your discontent or dissatisfaction could come. If you're not fulfilling your gifts and your callings and all you're doing is on the job, I'm telling you what, everything, there's something on the inside of you that should be building up the kingdom of God. That should be building up and strengthening Harvest Church. Where, you know, where God has set you in the body of Christ. We, we've got so much to do. So much is ahead of us. So much good things. Yeah, and I, I remember being in that place when I first turned on fire for God. I was like, man, forgive me for wasting so much time, God. Redeem the time for me. I'm all in. I'm all in. The Living Bible says if you listen to wrong company, you'll start acting just like them. Let me conclude today on a wrong, um, an example of wrong company. Very quickly, I'm just going to look at Numbers chapter 16. Let me sort of summarize it for you up front. There was a man named Korah, along with Dathan and Abram. And they began, the leader being Korah, they began a rebellion against God. Against God's ordained leaders. Against Aaron and Moses. And before you think that I think more high than I ought to. You don't just receive everything your leader says. You examine it with the Word of God. You don't just receive everything that your leader or pastor or whoever uh, says. You, you judge it by godly character. You, you know, the Word of God, you know, you, a lot of your questions will be answered. The Word of God says, let integrity guide you. Stop praying about what integrity already told you to do or not to. God, I go as much by what God doesn't say as by what he does say. His word tells me, don't violate integrity. Oh, thank you, Siri. That was the wrong timing. Korah was a Levite. He was a cousin of Moses. He was family. Anybody ever been betrayed by family? Ever been hurt by family? That's a little different level than just sort of friends or close friends. Now, Friends can be closer to you than some family are, but it still hurts. He was a man of ability, influence, and he was appointed by God. I said he was appointed by God to serve in the tabernacle, but he became dissatisfied with his position, and he began to covet serving in, in the ministry of priesthood at a level, he, at, at a level that God, had not, had, God didn't have for him. Please don't think, oh, wow, Pastor Coins is wonderful doing all this stuff. No, thank you. Please say that. That's really good. But, but I, know, I know my gifts are better than me. 
I know the anointing of God upon my life is better than me. I know that I'm successful today because God's hand upon my life is better than me. Stop being sucked into the entertainment church and letting the wow picture cause you to follow something that's shallow. I'm, I'm just saying that. I'm just putting that out there because there's too many stars in the body of Christ. Last time I checked, the greatest of them all is a servant. We're not here to serve you. You're here to serve us, and you're here to help us fulfill the will of God for our life. And yeah, I'm challenging you today. Because a good pastor, a good coach is not going to always say what you want to hear. But a long time ago, I stopped fearing people because if I feared people, I would forfeit the right to lead them. Say good company, good results, bad company, not so much. But Korah was called by God to serve in the tabernacle. He had a position, but he became dissatisfied with his position. He started coveting someone else's. Again, never forget this. When you start coveting what someone else has, you don't know what it took them to get that. And... Um, and, and you're not called with the same grace and anointing to do that particular thing. So if you try to do what they're doing because it looks so good, you're going to fall flat on your face. And I've had to talk to many ministers before. And I said, you know what? You're about ready to have a failure. So you, you need a good failure in your life so you can get back up and, and, and succeed in something. Numbers 16.9, Moses said to Korah, is it too small of a thing for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do service in the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation and to minister to the congregation? This was an assignment given by God, and yet he's got his eye on someone else doing something that he thinks is better. Stop it. Success is fulfilling your giftings and your grace wherever you're assigned to its fullest potential. Whether God puts you somewhere or not, I want to tell you something. Those children's workers, they're going to get a lot more rewards than I do in this pulpit right now. Stop trying to follow those who say, you're a leader. You're an entrepreneur. Now, some of you are need to be on someone's team. Most of you do. See, Pastor Coyne, but you're not. You, you don't know. We've been on a team following leaders for the past 35 years. We steward that relationship with the Hagans. We steward that relationship. Bishop Passion Lady Joy. We steward that relationship. I don't care who comes and who goes. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to step out because someone else did. Someone had the audacity, oh my goodness, the audacity to leave in a wrong way and do what Cora did, started raising a secret that they're drawing people away for their own good. There was time this particular minister left, influenced people, and he called me to be a guest speaker. That's stupid. <laughs> oh, but I might get an honorarium. Oh, stop it. That's stupid. 
Yes, I said it. You know what that is? Do you know what that is? Why would I want to be caught in someone else's judgment if they left wrong? You hang around with someone. You could be sucked up into their, I better give you some word on that. Say, my God, Pastor, hold on. Give me some scripture. Okay, I will. Hang in there. Of course, stirred up others because of his discontent for what God had assigned him to do. Doesn't that just, I, I, we were talking to third-year pastors. I said, you all take a deep breath. I'm about ready to help you get free. Just breathe deep for a minute. Don't predetermine what you are. Don't let someone else try to get you to label yourself. Just serve your way to your destiny. Whatever that is, that's what you'll stand before the Lord with. What you were supposed to do, not what you had ambitions for. That was not his gifting, his calling. I almost said I'm going to drink to that, but this is tea. I don't drink. You know, I don't need any help because I got the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, the st- how, come on, how many did the most stupid thing, yeah, stupid's a word today, the most stupid thing because you're under the influence and you're like, I can't believe I did that. That was because you went to that building called Spirits. Why would you go to a restaurant that has Spirits? Come to the church, get filled with the Holy Ghost. There's new wine in heaven. Won't even give you any kind of, kind of headache or hangover for the next day. You'll receive power once the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you'll be witnesses. And you'll actually start changing like Jesus, and you'll fall in love with the Word of God. It is, it is food for your spirit. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Some people are going in a, uh, what do I want to say this? I don't say this. Say it. Um, Excuse me. Some people are misreading their hunger. They're going on a diet because they're not in the Word. Because there's a hunger for your spirit to be fed on the Word on a daily basis. This is not a, not a Sunday thing. It's like then you know once you come out of Sunday, then you. Then you enter back into your world, and you got this word, and the enemy's trying to dislodge it from you, and then, you know, but our walk with God is so daily. If you continue my words, you're my disciples, indeed, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Korah wanted to minister where God had not called him. We're warned of him in Jude. Korah coveted Moses and Aaron's God-ordained assignment. I want to do this again. There is no such thing. Say it with me. There is no such thing. One more time. There is no such thing as... What am I trying to say? Submission. What did I say before? There's no such thing as following a leader. There's no such thing as unaccountable, unconditional submission to authority. You do not yield to anybody 
with unconditional submission to authority. Now, you do God, you do his word. And you've got to find those who are Christ-like, and you've, you've checked them out over time. But still, you keep your eyes open. You know, there are things that Bishop Pastor Lady, do or, uh, Lady Joy are doing right now in the ministry. We're not called to do what they're called to do in that way. Oh, no, I'm not a... We talked about our fingerprint last week, right? We're not, we can't die a copy. We're original. Now, God's going to have some similarities, but anyway, get back to Korah. Get back to Korah right now. Right. Korah was jealous, secretly opposed, secretly, secret. I got, hey, psst, come over here. I'm going to start, you know, a prayer group. Love to have you involved in it. Psst. Well, you know what? You go, almost, anybody do that to you, say, hey, psst. Let's go ask Pastor and see, um, see what he thinks about it. God, let's go talk to Pastor Misty about that. Let's go talk to one of the leaders about that. Ain't no pssst. For one thing, I think you're going to remember something I said today. I didn't spit. I said pssst. All right. Someone's definition of hell is the last day you have on earth, the person you became is going to meet the person you should have become. I'm becoming more like Jesus every day, as far as I know. You know, Korah ended up secretly opposing Moses and Aaron. He conceived a plan to overthrow them, found those who would sympathize with them. You know, words like, if I were pastor. Words like, I think you could do it better. I'm using myself as an illustration because you don't want me talking about you, do you, do you? And hopefully the Holy Spirit is just making it, making it clear because Korah ended, up in, Korah ended up influencing 250 leaders. Your leaders of leaders should never yield to something like that, ever, ever. Everything that's hidden, the Word of God says, it's going to come to light. Excuse me, but your sin, the word says, it's going to find you out. Best deal with it when it's not public. Best deal with it when the Holy Spirit's just, just convicting your heart. He doesn't condemn your heart. He convicts your heart. Get that right. Moses, you know, didn't take up an argument right instantly when Korah was doing these things, but he interceded. He hit the deck. He prayed. He prayed because he realized the significance of their sin and the wages it was going to pay them. In the rebellion of Korah, we see the same spirit that led the rebellion of Lucifer in heaven, a, you know, archangel that God created, and, and Lucifer wasn't satisfied with his position anymore. He wanted to take the place of God. You can't take the place of God. He was shot out of heaven like lightning. There's no confusion. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're doing a great job. But let me tell you this, if you've ever, ever had division in your life, in your family, in your um, work, whatever, well, you're in good company because God had a church split in heaven. Well, Lucifer influenced a third of the angels to follow him. Korah's discontent infected others. <laughs> Not me. Mm -mm. 
not me. God works through the Holy Spirit to warn us, to convict us. And if the Spirit's work is finally rejected, we can step beyond the hedge of protection, knowingly deciding I'm going in this direction no matter what you say. God's still trying, though. No one will be condemned for believing a lie, but they will be condemned for refusing to believe the truth. I got myself in a place that I will just summarize the rest. God told Korah, and the message says, you bring together your gang, and Aaron and um, Moses will we'll bring censers, which are containers of incense, supposed to be uh, creating a, a sweet smell before God. But how many know you can smell sweet, but seem rotten? God knows the difference of what's ascending to him, and that's why the word says, you know, our prayers are ascending to God. Our praise, sincere praise are ascending to God. Stand up, please. Don't leave. Unless you have to. You know, there's just, there's just something about someone's life that you know that's God. Don't mess with that. They all came before God, their gangs, and the right company and the bad company. And God tried to warn all those following Korah. So you better get away from that, them right now or you can be swallowed up in their judgment. That's a scripture. Moses said, listen, if you just die a regular death in the presence of God, that, that's, not, that's not something that's uncommon. He said, but if the earth opens and swallows you and does something totally different, then you, you'll know whose team you should have been on. That's what happened to those going in the wrong direction. You know, did you know we're children of God and it matters how we treat each other? It matters how we treat other people. It matters how we treat leadership. It matters. In between services, my son just loved the way God uses him. Because this seems so negative and so down. We gave you an example of good community. We gave you an example of bad community. And you know what? It got worse before it got better. Even the earth swallowed up Korah and all those who were following him. And then the next day they came to Moses and Aaron and complained again. But Psalm 49, 13, this is now looking back Korah got judged, but some of his family got a hold of the truth and started going, going in the right direction. So there is redemption here. I don't like speaking messages without a way to come out. The Word says, uh, Psalm 49, this is the way of those who are arrogant and all their followers who approve of their words. Like sheep, they're headed for shoal. Death will shepherd them. The upright will rule over them in the morning, and their form will waste away in shoal, far from their lofty abode. 
but God, come on, but God will redeem me from the power of Sheol, for he will take me. This was written by the sons of Korah. I think I said something like that, didn't I? Obviously, it wasn't clear. <laughs> Excuse me. One more scripture. You ever heard of this psalm says, as the deer longs for the flowing streams? This is Korah's family in the future that did take heed. As a deer longs for the flowing stream so long, I for you, God, I thirst for God, the living God. When can, when can I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while all day long people say to me, where is your God? And I remember this as I pour out my heart, how I walked with many, leading the festive procession to the house of God with joyful and thankful shouts. Why, my soul, are you so dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior and my God. And 46, Psalm 46, and verse 1 says, God is our refuge. God is our strength. I help who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid, though the earth trembles. And the mountains topple in the depths of the seas, though it's Waters roar and foams and mountains quake with the turmoil. But there's a river. Its streams delight in the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High God. Wow. Come on. That's wonderful. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the lesson today of the... Of, of the significance of who I'm hanging out with, where I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to do. Come on, let's just all just get it right with God. No matter where you are in this matter, Father, as far as I know, I'm good. If I've erred in any way out of the, if I've stepped out of love or honor or the word of God, if I've committed any sin of commission or omission, Father, forgive me. Bring it to my attention if I need to get it right the way I missed it. Bring it back to me, God. And Father, we judge ourselves. The Word says, hey, you can judge yourself so you're not judged. An attitude of prayer, if you're here today and God forbid something would happen to you, do you know for sure you go to heaven? Well, the only way you can get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And he's the way, the truth, and the life, the Word of God says. And now God's drawing you if you don't know Jesus. If you're wondering what's happening to you, if you don't know Jesus, he's drawing you to Jesus. He's drawing you. No one can come to Jesus except the Holy Spirit or the Father God draw you by the Holy Spirit. If you resist that, it'll get easier over time to keep resisting that. You can almost get a callus where you don't feel it. But God, he's not going to give up on you. If you're here today, say, Pastor Coyne, Will you include me in a prayer of salvation? Because I, I, I need, I, I see, I see, I need Jesus as my Savior and Lord, and I'm ready. Get ready, get all in. If that pertains to you, you've heard the Word of God today, you want to receive Jesus, why don't you just lift up your hand right now if that's you? Yeah, right in the midst of the church. If you cannot raise your hand in church, there's no way you're going to raise your hand in the world. This is a safe place. 
non-judgmental place. It doesn't matter what you've come out of. You know, most of us have come out of things worse than you did. God. Let's all pray this prayer out loud together as our prayer workers come on up here. Father, say, Father, in Jesus' name, I say I need Jesus as my Savior, as my Lord. I'm, I'm so sorry for my past. Father, you're drawing me to Jesus. Jesus, I need you as my Savior and my Lord. Jesus, I receive you now. I ask you to come into my heart. I receive you as my Savior, and I confess you as my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Oh, my. I don't care what you feel. If you've made that prayer sincerely from your heart, boy, you have an audience with God. You know what he did? He brought you in the, in, into the family of God. You're a child of God now. And whether you know it or not, you've been given a whole new creation, a whole new spirit. You've been, you, you've been made the new creation where all things are passed away and all things have become new. Thank you so much for listening. If this message was a blessing to you, make sure to share with your friends and leave a review. For more information about who we are and where we're located, check out our website at harvest-triad.com.